welcome to the second episode of Hipster Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Dorian, the bearded one, a.k.a. the Latin Jesus. And I'm with my co-host, fresh off of his job as assistant manager at McDowell's, DeCarlo Silky Smooth Calloway. Welcome, DeCarlo. Hey, what's up? What's up, Dorian? Oh, man. Working a hard day at McDowell's, but the Golden Arcs always provides the pleasure. We didn't get mugged today. Thankfully, we did not get mugged today, but I did get a strawberry shake spilled on me, unfortunately. But it's all good, though. All right, a- this podcast is going to scrub the stench of fried French fries off of you. Why would it, though? Fried, and girls love the French fries, man. Especially the, uh, the, the owner's daughter. Yes, man, for sure, man. It's beautiful. I was going to, I was asking her now that it's football season two, if I could take her to go see the New York football Jets <laughs> play against the Dallas Cowboys. But anyway. Yeah, they can't, give those, they can't give those tickets away. They're terrible. Oh, oh terrible, terrible. So now that we're able to calm, you know, calm down, we're after work, we can take a, a nice refreshment drink. What, uh, what are you drinking to unwind after a busy day at McDowell's? Oh, today I am drinking the herbal, herbal drink yerba mate. For anybody who knows, this is a drink that um, it's from South America. It's uh, kind of like a tea, but it's heavy in caffeine. It's, it's really good. You usually drink it out of a gorge with a little nice uh, metal straw. Um, it's a very, like, strong, earthy type of taste, but it's better than coffee. It gives you a nice pick-me-up. A lot of soccer players drink it, so you'll probably see Lionel Messi or – Luis Suarez before a soccer game, if y'all are into soccer, drinking it, but it's really refreshing. It's something I like to drink, um, usually after work, just to kind of give me a nice little pick-me-up. What about you, Dorian? What are you drinking today? I can definitely tell you, I can definitely add to that, that I have a lot of friends from, from uh, South America, specifically the Rio de la Plata region, like Uruguay, Argentina, and they love, they go crazy for that. I'm, I don't get it, but again, I'm not from that part of the world, so the more the merrier. But what I'm drinking tonight, or during this recording of this podcast, is uh, yet another beer that I got from another local brewery. So I'm going to open it up and drink it as we talk. So what I have is a Father Francisco Belgian Golden Strong Ale, and I got it from the Winwood Brewing Company in Miami, Florida. Again, we're all about helping local jobs, supporting delicious alcoholic and non-alcoholic drinks, and... and uh, this beer actually was named after the first Jesuit priest that set up a mission at the Miami River in the early 1500s. And a lot of us forget that the Spanish were the first Europeans in, in, in the now modern U.S. Everyone thinks of the you know, Plymouth Rock and, 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 and all that other stuff. But the reality is where the Spanish, where Spanish were here, they set up St. Saint Augustine like 100 years before the English came. But now that we're done with that history lessons, we want to, we want to tell our listeners that you are more than welcome to tweet us. Our handle is at HBP4040. Go ahead and tweet us yourself having a nice alcoholic or non-alcoholic drink while you watch the play watch you while you watch the playoff baseball game and use the hashtag HBP drink. Now we are here we are in the middle of the playoffs, DeCarlo. What we finished the world, the wild card series last week. We're smack in the middle of the division series. What are your thoughts? What is what it surprised you? What's impressed you? What's depressed you? 
Um, surprised me is how offensive the games are. You really think that, the, you know, especially we get into the playoffs, it's going to be really like a lot more pitching matchups. And also thinking about the stadiums that were chosen for these divisional playoffs and just the playoffs throughout that they were going to be, you know, deeper parks, not really home run uh, happy parks, but just seeing a lot of long balls going out, which is always an entertaining thing. What's, what's sad is that a lot of it is happening from relief in the later innings. It's really not happening much towards a lot of the starting pitching. We've been getting a lot of good starting pitching, thankfully, which is always nice to watch. Occasionally you'll see some, some players get, get a handle on some, on some starters. But for the most part, you're seeing that these playoffs, it's really going to be the matchup of the bullpen because the offenses of all these teams, are, they're, they're lining up. They came to play. It wasn't you're not going to sit back and catch many in a slump. There were a few games that were tight pitching matchups and were really low scoring, like, like, most, like most of the games out of the Brave series, well, at least the, I think like the first two. Um, but for the most part, they were, everything has been pretty offensive, which is it's good. And everybody has started lighting up right at the right time. What about you, Dorian? What are you thinking about it? I have a, uh, some of my thoughts I'm going to start off with. I can't believe that the villain or villainess from the movie The Little Mermaid is now playing third base for the New York Yankees. I, I couldn't believe my eyes. Ursula, Gio, Ursh, Urshela, I, I don't know. I was like, that guy was torturing Ariel in The Little Mermaid. Uh, but I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. You know him. You're a Yankees fan. How do you pronounce his name? Ursh. Don't ask me. We're going to go with Urshela. Yeah, Urshela. we're going to go with Urshela. Go with He's that. impressed me. He has impressed me, with, especially during the series with the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, his defensive range, his arm, I, I, had, I had heard about him, and I was like, he might be a little hyped up just because he plays in New York, but the guy's the real deal. So I've definitely been in, impressed by Urshela. Yeah, Gio Urshela. Gio Urshela. What has depressed me has been the continuous, and I said this last week, the continuous disrespect of the Major League Baseball commissioner, Rob Manfred, and our overlords in New York, giving the Atlanta Braves yet another first pitch at 2 p.m. against the Miami Marlins. Last week, they, they, the, the Major, Major League Baseball gave the Atlanta Braves the noon pitch, pitch time, and now it's a 2 p.m. one. It, it, the fact that I don't think I don't think those guys in New York realize how massive Braves country is. You're talking about a team that was on TBS, used to be owned by Ted Turner every single night for decades. And the Braves have, and I've argued this before, the Braves have one of the top five national fan bases. And you, in and, and, and no particular order, what are the top five uh, fan bases in Major League Baseball? The Red Sox, the Yankees, the Cubs, the Braves. And you could even make an argument for maybe the Cardinals and maybe the Los Angeles Dodgers. But that's really it. Everyone else is just regional. And for them to say, well, the Braves are playing the Miami Marlins who have no fans so what? Uh, the New York Yankees have fans all over the country. Where are the fans of the Tampa Bay? I love the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, but the Tampa, Tampa Bay, Bay Rays, Rays has, no, has no fans. Yeah, but they've been competitive. You know what I mean? Like, you got to keep in mind the Rays were pretty much dominating through, this, through the season. And they've been a really solid team. So, of course, you're going to have 
those matchups, especially if you think about how they were spanking the Yankees for the most of the seat, like the regular season, to have that matchup again postseason is going to be one that you're going to pay close attention to. And really, it's going to be the Yankees draw. The Yankees draw money. The Braves, like you said, they do have a large fan base, but you have to keep in mind, this is the first time they're going to the NLCS since 2001. So it's not as though that they've been consistently back in the playoffs. That makes it over the last all the more season. exciting. Yeah, all now more it's exciting. more exciting. And it'll be even more exciting when they play against the, the Dodgers. Ah. But, you know, because, I mean, let's let's be really honest. Let's, you know, I like the San Diego Padres, but that series is pretty much over. Like, unless they pull, you know, a, a magic rabbit out of the hat to kind of come back from 2-0 against the Dodgers, who have solid pitching, solid starting pitching, and then a solid bullpen, plus a very good offense. I don't really see them coming back. The Dodgers, young team, really good. They've no, – not Dodgers, Padres, excuse me. Young team, really good, a lot of promise, but I don't really think they're coming back. But – I think once that matchup for the NLCS or, you know, especially if it is, say, you know, you got Atlanta and L.A. for the NLCS, excuse me, that's going to be a big draw. And, and, you know, it's just like trying to grind through the games as much as possible. And, you know, maybe it would have been different if, say, um, Miami did actually win a game or two and made it more competitive. Maybe the start times would be a little bit different. No, I don't think so. I'm, my last thought on that, on, on the pitch times for the Atlanta Braves, is Major League Baseball, as we know, has been losing a lot of young fans. And I think it's also – it's just not good strategy to have one of the biggest fan bases have for some kids who now are in school – Basically, for the, through, through the first two rounds of baseball, you could have been a massive fan of, of, in this case, the Atlanta Braves, and never seen any game. That's not the that's not a way to grow a fan base by never putting them on prime time. That being said, what I haven't, what I what, another thing that I that has depressed me is the continuous rivalry of between Ronald Acuna Jr., the Atlanta Braves star center fielder, and the entire. Miami Marlins pitching staff. Yeah. Carlo, do you know how many times they have hit him over the past two years? Take a wild guess. Five times. And it happened again in game one. He was – Acuna Jr. was livid, livid, as was the Braves manager, Brian Snitter. He came out. I think he was yelling at Don Mattingly, the the manager of the the Miami Marlins. I just think that Miami Marlins team is just a dirty, dirty team because they don't do do it against the Braves, but they've done it – They've hit pitch. They've hit batters intentionally, and it's it's that I, I cannot stand the Miami Marlins. But um, another uh, something else that I saw earlier today. Uh, earlier today, JJ Cooper, who's a writer for the fantastic organization Baseball America, he tweeted something to the effect of the horrible overdone crowd noise in today's game three between the Marlins and and the Braves. And I've said this before, I cannot stand that fake noise being pumped in. You can't hear anything. And I'm finally, and I was happy that some of the statue uh, stature of JJ Cooper was trying to call out both uh, FS1, which was a television station it was shown on, and and Major League Baseball. But overall, I think that, I've been that's bar- probably a purist thing, though. I mean, the idea of having the, 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 well, the crowd noise drowning people out, because I guarantee you, like, I think Major League Baseball and the networks are thinking about those fans who, or those, you know, those, those viewers who happen to kind of switch on, who are, you know, you'll always, and in all sports, it's, it's all fair that you'll have 
the viewers who only tune in during the playoffs. And the same with baseball. I mean, you know, 162-game season, I mean, apart from this one, it, it could be a lot. And then to just try to draw in people as much as possible because you need some type of ratings, you need some type of revenue to make up for what was lost this year, you're going to pump it in. And, I mean, right. it is it is good. I, I will say this much. You don't want to overdo it. And, yes, there have been times when it has been done too much. But at the same time, I think it it, 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 it hasn't been – if it would be too – if it wouldn't be present, it would make the games extremely boring. Unless you're a purist who could sit back and be like, you know what, I just like the game. But let's be real, just like you were saying, you know, Major League Baseball has had a hard time attracting young um, viewers and young fans for quite a long time. I mean, it hasn't been as – for one, you've had football that's overtaken baseball and viewership over the course of, the, like, the last 20 years. Then – You've had basketball, the NBA, who had to step this game up in terms of being able to market itself towards more people just not in the United States but internationally. Sorry you hear the birds in the background, people. You know, Can't be a hipster unless I have some exotic animals in my house. The official anyway, mascots of HBP. Yes, yes. The two <laughs> parakeets. Um, <laughs> so you, you got to attract them in some way, shape, or form. And, I mean, uh, you know, apart from having – another 1998 type season where people are smacking long balls left and right and, and sticking now, needles into their right butt cheeks yeah uh, that's steroids for that. those of you who yes, don't know yes with heads that grow massively in size over the course of two years but you got to do something and i mean it works for other it's worked for other sports i mean i know for soccer the, the crowd noise has been pretty good especially when you have empty stands you got to accommodate for something you have to be able to attract a viewer but yeah. I do, I do get you though. You know what also attracts viewer? Like we, I had said earlier, drama, rivalry, and I know you've been following this closer than I have. Going from Acuna Junior rivalry with the Miami Marlins pitching staff, what was happening with at the end of Game Two between the Padres and the Dodgers when nothing but f bombs, unfriendly family language? <laughs> it, yeah, you, guys have, you guys should go on in. Twitter. Go on Google Machado. Yeah. It was Mookie Betts. I think Mookie yeah, Betts told Mookie Betts. The, the star center fielder from the Los Angeles Dodgers told Machado yeah, to play go, Bellinger. Bet, go go catch the the ball out of the out of the ocean. I mean, that was like the most family friendly thing that was said, but it was insane. These two teams, the San Diego Padres, is an up and coming, unbelievably talented team. Yeah, they really are. Next year, they're going to be a dark horse for the to win the whole thing because yeah. this year their pitching has been completely decimated. And the Los Angeles Dodgers, which are the gold standard right now of baseball organizations, and they are still favored to go on and win the entire thing. Yeah. But that rivalry is amazing. I mean, tell me your thoughts on that crazy, almost hatred that just spills out. No, it's really good. I mean, honestly, it's been so entertaining being able to watch them, especially when it's like home run back. Like, I, I did like a game too, how Clay Bellinger hit a home run and then stole one away from Fernando Tatis Jr., which was kind of like, ha, 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 got you. And then the fact that they're just smack talking to each other back and forth, left and right is really good. And, you know, you rivalry brings it up. Like, for me, I just think back to all of those, like, solid rivalries that you would see usually, especially when you had um, interleague play come about back in, you know, the early, late 90s, early 2000s. And then you would have the inner city like rivalries. But this is, it's good because these are two solid teams. One that's up and coming. One, this is a gold standard. And you know that they're going to um, continue having these rivalries over the next, like the course of the couple, next couple of years. Because when you have solid young players who are coming up to your system, and they're already creating that drama amongst themselves. It just makes it even better. 
Absolutely. And that makes for good TV viewing. And that's why I think, especially for this, I, I, who knows if tonight it, game three is uh, when the Dodgers sweep the Padres, but a series like this, even though it's on the West coast, they should bump up to East coast prime time to maybe seven or six o'clock because that is such a good show. That's it, it is a good show. It's a baseball game, but it is a show, but Let's be honest. Who's going to stay up at 11, 12 o'clock to watch a baseball game? Well, We're tonight it's coming on at 9.08. So oh, wow. That's, that's oh, a my lot goodness. better. I mean, it's a lot better. You'll watch 30 minutes before you fall asleep. Yeah, that's true. Or just DVR it. I mean, nowadays, I think that's you got to also keep in mind, technology speaking, you don't really have to watch the games like all the time. You know, most people are going to sit back, throw it on a DVR, watch it later, watch the clips all Ladies and gentlemen, DeCarlo does not speak the truth. Here at HPP, we watch every single game, every single pitch of the entire season of all 30 teams. This is where you come for your informed baseball news and history and drinking. And McDowell's. And McDowell's <laughs> French fries. <laughs> no, but you're that. absolutely right. Technology is a beautiful thing where you can, where a baseball, a baseball viewer can sign up to MLB.tv and they can watch games on their phone while they're on the train, while they're on the bus, uh, while they're mindlessly doing tasks, uh, DVR. It, it's all, it's a wonderful thing that you're able to, to consume so much more baseball today than we were able to in the 1980s when you basically had the baseball game of the week. Uh, but anyways, en enough, enough history classes to Carlo. Is there, is there anything that hasn't impressed you that, I don't want to say depressed, but but of the series you've been watching, the the Astros, the the Marlins, the the Yankees, what hasn't what surprised you in a bad way? Uh, the how quickly the Oakland A's capitulated because right now it's the top of the ninth and breach. You know, Houston is up eleven four. I had a little hope after uh, you know it's the last game where Oakland came back. I'm like, okay, you know, they're just showing a little momentum. They really hit Houston, but Houston responded well. Uh, yeah, so mm, that, that's been kind of depressing. But then again, it's not out of the realm of the ordinary when it comes for the Oakland A's when, it, when it's, you know, ALDS series. Because are you calling them chokers? Are you yeah, calling them they chokers? Are. They, they well, have family. They They're good men. Okay, don't. Uh, when, it comes down, when it comes down <laughs> to the playoffs, all they get is into the division series and then they choke. And, you know, this goes back to – I mean, all right, apart from the A's of the 80s, but then when you think back to the 2000s when you had, you know, Barry Zito, Mark Mulder, you know, the, those pitchers, that solid core team, the Moneyball team that was developed by Billy Bean, book written about how his, you know, his strategy, you know, sabermetrics and all of these things and how people, you know, oh, my God, he was just like – and then every time the team would get to the division series and lose – and they still do it. And it's sad because it would be really nice because o the Oakland Athletics is a solid organization. They've always been able to produce good teams. They always are able to really, like, they, they, they follow the whole, um, just the development of their organization is always good. But when it comes down to getting past the divisional series, they can never do it. Even when they'll have solid pitching, a solid bullpen, good offense, it just, unfortunately, it does not click for them. And it's even more disheartening because it's against the Houston Astros, the cheating Astros, you know, the guys who will sit back and use, you know, every single you know, means to try to get ahead. And maybe they're doing that right now. I don't know. Maybe I'm a little conspiracy theorist, but it is kind of sad that that series is not 
been as competitive as one would hope. Um, that's really, like, really been depressing on my part. Um, also, I am kind of sad at how the Yankees race series is turning out. It started out with a bang. The Yankees came out swinging really hard, had some good pitching from Garrett Cole, and offense was clicking, and then the Rays starting pitching was getting them well, and their offense has been clicking as well. And, you know, as much as I don't really I, – I really don't want to say it, but I don't really – I, I don't know. The Rays are a dominant team, and they, they've had the Yankees number for the whole season, so I'm not sure that they'll be able to pull this one out. Um, I mean, to be fair, the that game one was incredibly t- – game one was incredibly tight. I think the final score was 9-3, to 9-4, to four, and the only reason it seemed like a blowout was because the the, the Yankees hit, like, that, that grand slam in the top – I think it was the top of the ninth, and they poured on, I think, six runs, but yeah. it was because their um, – the Rays closer, uh, John. Oh goodness, I forget his last name right now. I just saw him. His first name is John. He gave you know he didn't have a good he didn't have a good outing. And then in game two and game three, like DeCarlo said, that Rays starting pitching just took over. I mean, uh, they have Blake Snell. They have they. Uh, um, I'm going blank here, but the starting pitching of the of the Rays is incredibly incredibly impressive, and they have that three-headed monster of the of a bullpen of Diego Castillo, Castillo, Pete Fairbanks, and Nick Anderson. Those three guys are arguably three of the best, most elite relievers to come in. And I love the way that Kevin Cashman uses his relievers. This is Kevin Cashman is the, he's the best manager in Major League Baseball. And he uses him in the old school way. He uses his relievers in the old school way of I I put them in in the most high leverage situations high leverage doesn't necessarily mean it's in the ninth inning but because by the ninth inning you may the game may have already passed you and you're not going to use your your top reliever he puts guys in when it's the fifth inning when it's the seventh inning whatever it is when they when they most need them kevin cashman which is the manager of the tampa bay rays puts them in what what the funny thing is i have a, a little bit of what hasn't impressed me is the entire american league pitchers pitching against uh randy Arena, which is the left fielder for the Tampa Bay Rays. This guy, he's Cuban. He's a 25-year-old rookie. Uh, the search engines are blowing up on him. Twitter's blowing up on him. In the two series in the playoffs, this guy has hit – his batting average is 600. He's, he's hit three home runs in five games as a 25-year-old rookie. He's dominated – against the Toronto Blue Jays in the wildcard series. He has taken the New York Yankees pitching staff to task. I, who I follow the Tampa Bay Rays a lot, and this guy just popped out of nowhere in the middle of the season. This guy only played 23 23 games this season. And we have to remember, we only had a 60-game regular season. He, he, He didn't even play half the games. And his average is 281. He walked a couple of times, had seven home runs. Seven home runs in the regular season. He he's already going to match that sometime, probably in the next week or two. Um, I've been incredibly impressed with him. I don't I don't know how he does it, but apparently he's been doing it in Cuba. He played in Mexico, and now he, and I think he used to be with the St. Louis Cardinals last year, and they let him go. And of course, the Tampa Bay Rays, whoever they pick up, they have some magic touch at in St. Pete, which, which is in Florida where they play out of, and they make everyone better, just like Charlie Morton, who pitched uh, game three against the, the New York Yankees. He, he was done it in Houston at, with the Houston Astros. 
he comes over to the Tampa Bay Rays and he has phenomenal years with him. I'm, I'm always impressed with the, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays and specifically with uh, Randy Arosarena, the left fielder from the, the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah. Playoffs definitely brings out the best in, uh, you know, those athletes, man, for sure. And those who can cut it are the ones who move forward. Those who can't, unfortunately, are the ones that go home. And so thinking about these next few games, who, what are some predictions you want to have for the, for the remaining games of the NLDS and ALDS? And then, you know, those who've already moved on to the championship series, how do you think that that might actually play out? What are your thoughts? So you're saying that we need to switch over to Miss Cleo time segment, a.k.a. weekly predictions. My thought when I first saw the matchup between the New York Yankees and the Tampa Bay Rays, because the beautiful thing about this year's divisional round is all the teams that matched up actually play in the same division. So they already see each other so many times throughout the years, throughout the year. And the, there's a general, there's a general, Dislike. I don't want to say hate. Hate is a very strong word, but a dislike, as we had just said, the San Diego Padres and the LA Dodgers F-bomb fest that they had last <laughs> night, uh, the Atlanta Braves and the Miami Marlins, the fact that the Marlins are basically headhunting and they always try to hit Robert Lacuna Jr. You have the Rays, the Tampa Bay Rays and the New York Yankees where Kevin Cashman, the manager of the Tampa Bay Rays, got infuriated with, I think, uh, Chapman, was it? Yeah, During the regular season Chapman. because they were throwing at him. And then Cashman said, you know what? I have a staple full of guys who also throw 98. Yep. Uh, thankfully, they didn't, they didn't resort to that. And then, of course, you had the Astros and the Athletics. That the, Ast- the Athletics do not like the Astros. The Astros do not like the Athletics. So I was, when I saw that Rays and Yankees lineup, for, not lineup, but the matchup. I thought there was going to be just a lot of HBPs. I'm not. I'm sure there's plenty of hipsters, but that on both of the Yankees and the Rays teams. But what I meant was hit by pitch. I had predicted before this. I didn't have a chance to share it here on the podcast, but I had predicted there was going to be at least five HBPs in the Yankees and Rays series. And as of right now, there's actually only there, there's only been two in in the first three games. Uh, Brett Gardner got hit in game one. And then G-Man Choi from the Tampa Bay Rays was hit, was HBP in game two. I'm going to lose my weekly prediction, I I think, because there's only one game, maybe two. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's also good that 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 very hot tension between the Rays and the Yankees didn't spill over in the violent way. It's good. It's always good to have the utmost respect for you, for, for your, for a competitor, but not to the point of violently trying to throw at someone. I've, I've always looked down at that part of baseball where you can have a grown man throwing 95 miles an hour, an object at you. When, if you were to do that in the street, you'd get arrested. So that was my, that was my prediction Maybe not winning, because I thought the Rays were going to win in five. But for that specific series, it was there going to be five HBPs, and there probably won't be. Yeah. I I think – so with the Rays-Yankees, I think the Yankees might pull out a, pull out a win the, tonight, take it to five. At least that's what I'm hoping. That's wishful thinking. Um, I do, unfortunately, think – and I hope I'm wrong. I do think the Rays will, will win the series ultimately, but – 
I'm, you know, of course I'm rooting for the Yankees. I always will. But at the same time, I wouldn't be too sad if we didn't win it this year because this is kind of like one of those asterisk type seasons. Unfortunately, not because of anybody's doing, but yeah, whatever. I'm going to take it that way. Um, <laughs> um, so right now, the Oakland A's have scored two runs in the ninth inning, uh, but they have, yeah, so it's 6-11, to 11, but at the same time, it looks like the Strohs are going to end up taking this series. Um, Dodgers, I think it would be nice if San Diego wins one game, but I don't think that they can come back against the Dodgers. Maybe they do, but I, I, I don't think so. So I think the Dodgers are going to sweep tonight. Um, going into the AL, like the KS Championship Series, um, I'm going to hold off predictions on the ALCS because both teams aren't there yet. But now that, say, Atlanta – I think whatever game that is will probably go to six, depending on whom. Um, you know, I don't like to see, you know, the bearded Jesus sad, but unfortunately I do think if they go against the Dodgers, the Braves are not going to take the series. I don't think so. It Jesus was bearded. I'm just the Latin Jesus. I know, but. You know. No hate mail, please. It's a complete joke. We don't need hate mail. HBP. Oh, don't worry about that, man. Hate mail is what, you know what? If you get hate mail, they're listening to us. That's all that matters. We give viewership. You can hate us. Hate me all you want. Or if you do want to send, you can send it all to me at the Carlo Calloway. Uh, you could also call me at uh, one, um, what is it? 1-800-223-9797. So if you ever want to reach me for that number too. Anyway, but um, so yeah, but I think the Braves are going to probably, they'll put up a, they'll put up a fight, but I think the Dodgers are going to ultimately win that series because they're striving to, they're striving to win a championship. They haven't won one since 88 and they are like hungry as hell. They got a solid squad, tight pitching, bullpen is off the charts and you know, no, I, I just think they're running in with the momentum. Ultimately, I think, Say if the Rays ends up beating the Yankees, I think they might be the ones coming out of the the American League, and that would be a really good se- series between the Dodgers and the the Rays, which ultimately I think the Dodgers is going to end up winning the World Series this year. That's my prediction. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and, and sneak in another prediction that the Padres manage to extend this the current divisional series against the LA Dodgers to five games so that they win game three, game four, and finally the Dodgers kind of stamp them out in game game five because the Padres are so exhausted from the comeback attempt. That team is is that San Diego Padres team is too talented not to even one game not to even win one game. And they could have won the game last night, which was game two, as as DeCarlo had already said. They basically won it because they stole a home run. They didn't steal a home run, but they prevented a home run on an incredible play from their center fielder. So that's another one that I have. But now that we have made a couple of predictions, we need to go over last week's prediction, which was we both actually predicted that the Miami Marlins were going to take down the Chicago Cubs. And who's the big winner? We're the big winner. The Miami Marlins actually took down the Chicago Cubs. And we had said last week, I didn't feel that great about it because when I, when I was looking around the the, the 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 internet, everyone was predicting that. I'm like, wow. I thought here we are. We were smart. We knew what we were talking about. Well, actually, we do know what we were talking about because the Marlins actually won. But anyways, the point is that we predicted it. So good on us. Pat on the back. But now we have to we have to put away our crystal ball because HPP has to pay the bills. We want 
to let all of our loyal listeners know that today's podcast is brought to you by Modell's Sporting Goods. Gotta go to Moe's. For the latest sports gear, you gotta go to Moe's. Modell's, yeah. Your baseball glove, your actual baseball, your baseball bat, your running shoes, your tennis racket, your volleyball, everything that you need, you're gonna find at Modell Sporting Goods. Gotta go to Moe's. Now that we've come back with our tennis rackets from Modell's, Carlo, I feel something in the air. I, I don't know what it is. Uh, it's romance potentially, but I think it's time to have someone's baby. So whose baby do you want to have this week, DiCarlo? I don't want to just have one person. I got two. All right. So my first is Giancarlo Stanton for the New York Yankees. Poor guy, unfortunately, was hobbled by injuries most of the um, regular season, even last year. Poor guy's been hit, like, hit hard since he's come over to us. But these, this postseason, he's, he's letting it up so far. He's, he's set a Yankees uh, playoff record with home runs with six, including one grand slam in game one at uh, ALDS against the Rays, which, you know, that – Sauce money right there, especially in the playoffs, to be able to hit that heat. That's what we paid the guy for. He was before when he was on Miami, he was smacking him out left and right, 450, almost 500 footers, and he's getting right back into that groove. So, f- for my uh, you know illegitimate child on the American League, I gotta say it goes to Giancarlo Stanton. For the NL, I gotta give it to, gotta back it up to Cody Bellinger because for one. Hit a home run against the Padres and then denied one. That's pretty. That's some pretty hot stuff. And you know, it got my, it got me a little aroused, as I must say. My mojo started flowing and I started feeling hot, hot, warm feelings in my belly. So I definitely had to give give those to the the, the children for this week. And uh, yeah, so that's that's those, for sure, man. Those are two beautiful viral men who who should be uh, procreating to create more uh, amazing baseball players. And I'm going to add on to this uh, that you know this better than I do, Carlo. that Giancarlo Staten, I believe, has hit now in – hit a home run in, I believe it's four consecutive playoff games. And that ties the New York Yankees record with the, the great Reggie Jackson back in 1977 when the Yankees won the World Series, I think, against the L.A. Dodgers. Mm-hmm. So I'm impressed because – I'm not impressed by Stanton and Judge because those guys are always injured. I always think, like, how many – Stanton has now been with the Yankees for, like, two years, and I think he's played a grand total of, like, 13 games for them. But that yeah, doesn't matter because he's now – riding. He's close to Carl Provano's <laughs> record, man. Seriously. Now, sometimes, has, sometimes we spend that money on those people, and the next minute you know they, they just fall. But at least he's doing something for his money at this point. Hopefully it, yeah, it can it's been be a, something new. Very, very impressive playoff run so far for uh, Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah. And so what we want to do, what we also want, our, we, I want to remind our listeners that DiCarlo already said the non, the official mascots of HBP are his parrot keys. But we love all pets, whether they come with wings, four legs, two legs, one leg, three leg. I have no idea. Whatever your, your beautiful pet is. Go ahead and send us a picture of you watching a baseball game, a playoff baseball game with your pet. Again, our Twitter handle is at HBP4040 and use the hashtag HBP 
ETS, which basically means HBP pets. And we'll be more than happy to retweet it, retweet it. And with that, we're going to finish this week's podcast. We want to thank you for listening. Again, follow us on Twitter at HBP4040. Our drinks that we had today will be in the show notes. And remember, join us again next week with a brand new episode of HBP Hipster Baseball Podcast. And go Braves! And maybe Yankees too. Ah, please. Take care, everybody. It was great having you on. We look forward to... Peace out.